and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. Thank you for joining us today. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the name written down that would become our destiny is Love Tyrant. This was a manga series in 2012 that was published online, and it became an anime series that premiered in 2017. We watched the first four episodes, and we'll be discussing those in depth, but we'll try to avoid major spoilers. Guri is an angel and the owner of the Kiss Note, a powerful notebook that allows her to make people fall in love with a kiss. When she accidentally writes down Seji's name, she decides to let him pick who he wants to fall in love with. Seji considers kissing his crush, Akane, but it turns out she also has feelings for Seji that border on psychotic. Eventually, Akane and Seji become a couple, but Guri decides that she also likes Seji, and inserts herself into the pairing via the kiss note. When Akane's sister, Yuzu, also gets involved in the love triangle, Seji starts to realize that he may never experience a normal love life again. So I guess let's start with kind of talking about the plot of this show. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing that you notice when you see this. If you've seen Death Note before, (laughs) it's an immediate recognizable parody Mm -hmm. of Death Note. They even have a line where he says oh, I know what this is based off of, and I'm in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, when she carries around the kiss note, it even has similar font to the Death Note Mm -hmm. journal. Uh, It's very obvious that this was intended to be sort of a ripoff of Death Note, but in a comedic sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Everything about it kind of right out the gate seems like that's what they're going for. Right from the first episode, uh, a lot of the plot doesn't really make sense at all. (laughs) If you felt the same way, we watched it the first episode at least twice. Mm -hmm. I think you saw it three times. Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, So maybe you have a better understanding of how things work. Well, I think after the third time I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they throw a lot of stuff at you all at once. Um, But after that first episode, it kind of takes... You know, it it takes you in a different direction and you're just going. Yeah, it felt like the flow was fine in the later episodes. Mm -hmm. The first one, they just threw it all at you right from the start. Yeah, we actually watched um, we watched the subtitled version first and then switched over to the dub, hoping that hearing it in English (laughs) would be easier. easier to follow. Yeah, there's still so much going on. A lot. Yeah. And. It's equal parts showing you what's going on, but also talking a lot. There was a lot of exposition that the characters revealed. So it was kind of hard to follow because there was just, there was a lot of movement. There was also a lot of dialogue. So it was just a lot to take in the first episode. So let's talk about uh, some of the characters. The main character, Seji, Mm -hmm. is um, a guy who, from the start, meets this angel character Mm -hmm. and is kind of thrown into this scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about him? Um, One of the things that I actually like about this character, which will sound kind of strange, I like that he's sort of boring. Um, He's not an over-the-top character. He doesn't have very distinguishing personality traits. But I find that a welcomed break because the other characters in the show are over the top. Yeah. So he's like a breath of fresh air in a very good way. Unlike a lot of shows, too, where he ends up in a scenario where there's tons of women fawning over him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really seem pervy or particularly um, excited about it. Mm -hmm. 
he's actually kind of inconvenienced by the whole thing Mm -hmm. and seems really bothered by the fact that he can't really just have a normal life anymore. Yeah, that's one of the things, um, even when he finds out that his crush also likes him back, is once he realizes kind of how obsessive she is, he's like, I don't know if I want to be with her. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Doesn't matter that she's the most popular girl in school and that she's gorgeous. She's crazy. Uh, As far as Guri... Was that the name that she just kind of gave herself? It seems kind of like a pet name almost. Yeah, yeah. That's. I don't know if she has any other known name. No, no, that was the only name she gave, and that was how she introduced herself. So she is an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she calls herself a Cupid. Mm-hmm. Her job is to pair up couples and make them fall in love. And mm-hmm. she's, I think, supposed to meet like some certain amount of quota every month and mm-hmm. uh, do her job efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing about her is that she likes to cosplay. <laughs> so in the show, she actually appears as what you might see a demon character mm-hmm. look like. Mm-hmm. Which the main character actually confuses her the first time he meets her because she comes to his door and he's like, go away, demon. Like, I don't I don't need you here. And he asks her about it later. And she's like, no, I just like cosplaying. Yeah. Yeah, I like that her entire character design is based off uh, an alternate persona that she likes to take on. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, something else about her is that she's really into BL, which is boys love manga. Yes. Uh, this is actually why they get into the whole mess in the first place is because... She was trying to ship some fictional characters in her her manga series, I believe. I thought they were voice actors for that manga series. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So she was trying to pair them in real life, but mm-hmm. accidentally wrote down uh, the wrong kanji. Mm-hmm. She got it confused and wrote Seji's name instead. Mm-hmm. So she shows up at his door and is like, hey, uh, you're in this notebook now and you have to kiss someone or else. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the consequences of <laughs> if somebody is written down and certain things don't happen? Yeah. So if uh, somebody's name is written in the book and they don't get paired or they don't kiss their person, they will remain a virgin forever and Guri will die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she just says it like point blank. Intense and... consequences that... Um, <laughs> Nobody really seems to, I don't know, they don't focus on those all that much. Mm -mm. They mention it occasionally um, as part of uh, Giri pairing herself up with Seji and Akane. Um, That actually makes them immortal. It makes them kind of cupids as well. And one of the things they say is since they're all paired together is that if... Guri doesn't do her job that they're all going to go to hell and their souls are going to be up for forfeit. Which points to something that overall she seems to not really care about her job at all. No, she's incredibly lazy. Yeah, she's lazy and she uses uh, her abilities and the the kiss note really recklessly Mm -hmm. throughout the entire show. Yeah, her, her whole purpose with it is just to ship her own people. It's not to paired together people who want to be in love or show any desire for that. She's just like, ooh, I think this couple would be cute. I'm going to write their name in the book. Yeah. At one point, she opens a clinic of sorts that (laughs) Mm -hmm. allows uh, students at that school 
to just come in and be like, well, I have a crush on this person, so I want to be paired up with them. Mm -hmm. And her qualifications for going through with those pairings are almost non-existent. Yeah. It's pretty much, do you like them and do you know their name? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So you touched on Akane Mm -hmm. uh, and her tendencies when we find out that she also has a crush on Seji. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she is what we would call a yandere. Okay. Uh, very, very classic case. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with yandere tropes in anime. Sure. About the only one I've seen is uh, Future Diary, which she is kind of the quintessential yandere character. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be a pretty playful version of the same kind of thing. Uh, she does actively try to murder Seji. She <laughs> repeatedly stabs him. But as you mentioned, uh, they're made immortal because of the effects of the kiss note. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty hysterical, in my opinion, <laughs> that she actively tries to murder people, but mm-hmm. all the people she wants to kill just so happen to be uh, immortal. Mm-hmm. And before the show, mm-hmm. I guess she didn't have this kind of murdery phase. Well, it... If you remember, one of the characters that uh, kind of comes up as a plot point later, um, the class rep, she knows um, Akane and is like, I know that she would murder me if like I hit on you. And Seji is like, oh, I didn't know that you knew that dark side of her. Not many people do. And she's like, well, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like it's there. It's just not well known. Yeah. And when her interest in Seji kind of comes to light mm-hmm. and the effects of the the kiss note kick in, mm-hmm. it really starts to become obvious. Yeah. And... Yeah. Anyone that poses any sort of threat to Seji, whether that's romantically or physically, is subject to her wrath. Yeah. Uh, One other character is Akane's half-sister. Her name is Yuzu. Mm -hmm. Through kind of her backstory, we learn that her family is pretty wealthy, it appears. Yeah. Um, Yuzu seems to really dislike Seji, and I don't really see a reason for why she would hate him so much. I think it just has to do with Yuzu is actually um, pretty obsessed with her half-sister in a romantic way. Um, she professes her love for her and wants them to be together knowing that they can't. And I think a lot of the reason why she resents Seji is because her sister doesn't pay attention to her at all. Yeah. Um, for reasons we don't fully know, it's something to do with their families not wanting them to interact. And so Seji gets to have this romantic relationship with Um, Her sister and Yuzu just has to sit there and watch them be a couple, and she's not happy about it. Yeah. um, She's also just really upset that he doesn't even seem to care that he's in that particular situation. Yeah, Seji pretty quickly, it's revealed that he had just a normal crush on Akane, and Akane is obsessed with him. And so at one point, uh, Giri has this app on her phone that allows her to see how different people, how much they might like each other. And it's on like a rating scale. And Seji's rating towards Akane is like a B. Um, It's like average interest. Yeah, average interest. And Akane's is like a triple S, which is like (laughs) 
borderline. Off the scales. Yeah, off the scale. It's starting to break the app. And I think it just bothers Yuzu that he just doesn't really seem to care that Akane loves him so much. She's actually kind of my least favorite character. Yuzu is? Yeah, out of, Mine too, yeah. out of the group. But something that I started to see over the course of the episodes, she started to become more redeemable because she starts to hate Seji a little less because she's, like, getting to know him and getting to see, like, he's actually this nice guy and he's not this terrible monster that she thinks that he is. And um, I'm starting to see some, like, character development with her. So I'm, I would be really curious to know if she starts becoming more redeemable in later episodes. Yeah, same. There's one character we haven't talked about yet. I think I know which one. <laughs> um, Guri has a boss. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. We talked about when we watched Magical Girl Ore, mm-hmm. there was a character who was kind of like the boss type. He was mm-hmm. uh, the fairy who was responsible for the Magical Girl. Mm-hmm. This is a Fairly similar <laughs> circumstance, yes. but kind of in reverse. Yes. So he is in charge of Giri. This is Karari, I believe. Karari, okay. Yeah. So he's he's in charge of her, and anytime that we see him, he has possessed Seji's cat. Yeah. So all you see of him is a cat body with a totally human face. And it's so uncomfortable to look at him. <laughs> it's really creepy. Um, we don't get to see him too much. So mo- Not yet, yeah. Yeah, most of our encounter with him is just like his physical appearance, <laughs> which is very unnerving. Um, one thing that's kind of amusing about him is that he really loves Seji, not in like a romantic way. Um, he loves Seji because both Seji and Giri's boss... Uh, want Giri to take love more seriously. And because of that, Giri's boss is just like, oh, thank you, finally someone that understands. <laughs> uh, this show is actually a little unique from some of the other shows that we've seen, probably most of them, mm-hmm. in that uh, Seji's family is actually kind of at the forefront of this show a whole lot more. Yes. Yeah, um, we actually encounter his family quite a bit. So his parents are in the show. Mm-hmm. They have unfortunately been brainwashed uh, <laughs> by something that's equivalent to like the flashy thing from Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, basically because Guri doesn't want to have to deal with them and explain the whole situation. So mm-hmm. she just kind of brainwashes them and uh, they're convinced that she was always been there and mm-hmm. she's like part of the family. Mm-hmm. But his sister, uh, whose name is Akua, she actually has a little bit of a role in the show, mm-hmm. um, and she might come into play a little bit more later, but uh, we got one episode where we got quite a bit of info about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, she was the center of one episode, and she's kind of this tomboy girl that is really resentful of Seji, um, and we come to find out it's because he has just stopped paying attention to her because... You know, he became a teenage boy and started becoming interested in girls. And she's pretty interesting in herself. Like, she has her own distinct personality, and she's not really a background character. She has a she has a whole backstory that was actually really interesting to to see because she gets like chased by a demon and who wants to mate with her. It's it's kind of weird. As far as other thoughts about the overall story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We've seen that uh, some of the humans appear to have some sort of powers that we haven't really seen much of yet. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, Yuzu, they continually call the shield. Yeah. And she has some sort of ability where she's able to deflect things off and Mm -hmm. it's shown as like cutting off pieces of of the ground Mm -hmm. that she's around and and things like that. Yeah. um, At one point she says like she uses it as like a means to protect herself. Like any time that anyone makes a threat towards her, this shield just goes up automatically. But yeah, it whenever it does go up, it can like slice through whatever was trying to attack her. Yeah. One thing that I thought was pretty interesting too is that the way that they tend to portray relationships in the show is pretty interesting mm-hmm. in that uh, the people who get paired up via the kiss note uh, seem to just kind of like have normal relationships. Yes. There's not really a whole lot of weirdness or drama when they get paired up. Even Mm -hmm. this group of four people who get (laughs) paired up together, Mm -hmm. they're kind of figuring out this whole dynamic and and working through it normally like Mm -hmm. humans. The people outside of that, there have been a few stories that the show portrayed Mm -hmm. of either really, really amazing relationships or really terrible ones. Yeah. And it's kind of like the... The kiss note relationships are kind of in the middle. They're your ordinary sorts of situations. Mm-hmm. But we've seen like one guy who's cheating on tons of women mm-hmm. uh, and he was outside of the kiss note. Mm-hmm. And we've seen like these other people who were outside of the kiss note who had an incredible relationship. Mm-hmm. And you get kind of the best and the worst outside of it and just a sort of. In between. Yeah, and one of the things that they sometimes use for comedic relief is uh, occasionally you'll get to see the aftermath of what couples Geary has put together through her kiss note, which are usually like uh, gay couples. Um, and so one couple that she put together was Akane Stalker and a police officer. <laughs> yeah. And we get these little glimpses of them throughout the show. So it's funny to me because at first it felt like, ah, it's a one-liner, like, hey, we put together your stalker and this police officer, so we used the kiss note for good. But we keep seeing that couple, and right. it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I really liked about this show is that this show could have very quickly turned into a very formulaic kind of series of Guri and Yuzu are going to try to put together a bunch of people and then Seji's going to try and stop them. And Akane's probably going to stab somebody. It could have been that. Instead, we got like one episode that was like that. And the subsequent episodes have been totally unrelated. So it doesn't feel like I'm seeing the same thing episode after episode. Yeah. Even though we're with the same characters, the same overall idea, it's, it's interesting to me to see how... They're actually using the source material and building a world around it instead of just saying, ah, here's this one plot over and over and over again. Yeah. What do you think about the production values? I really enjoyed the animation. Something that I started to get to see, and I don't know if they're going to continue with this. The first couple episodes seem pretty normal. They're done cleanly. They're drawn well. Um, You can tell that they put effort into it, Um, but they don't really experiment with anything going on. So um, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be, you know, 
it's easy on the eyes and that's kind of what there is to it. But in the last episode, in episode four, they started doing a few different things. Um, so like Seji gets trapped by this girl. Uh, we don't know much about her because she was just introduced in the fourth episode. Um, and he gets trapped in this weird goo thing. And that has a different animation style. And I was starting to get really excited because I was like, ooh, <laughs> there's more stuff to come. And let's see what they do with that. So I'll be interested to see if they if they would do anything. Yeah, I think I, I preferred the animation style here to most of the other shows we've seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a contrast to something like Miss Machiko, which is 100% hand-drawn and has that kind of uh, authentic sort mm-hmm. of uh, charm to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but compared to some of the other like more mass-produced sorts of things that we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, I, I did like what they did with it. Um, I also like the character designs a lot. I think they're yes. they're pretty fun. Yes, definitely. Um, one fun thing about Seji is that he is the protagonist with big blue hair. Mm-hmm. His whole family has blue hair too. Yes, I love that. Um, I love that so much. The continuity of his family and the way that they look is is really fun. Yeah, because usually when you have main characters, their families, if you even get introduced to them, Which seems rare. Yeah. um, Their families usually have normal brown, Brown hair woman, black hair guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see his whole family, his sister and both his parents have... Slightly different shades of blue mm-hmm. was really fun and interesting to me. Yeah, uh, some of the less flattering character designs. Uh, Akane is very boob heavy. Yes, uh, typical, of course. Mm-hmm. And I am super not into the way Yuzu looks. Is it because she looks like so childlike? Um, maybe she has those big old pigtails. Yeah, it's mostly the hair, honestly. <laughs> She's got like big, huge blonde hair that curves in an really unnatural, weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wasn't into it. That's... Sure. But the rest of the characters, I think, were fun. Yeah, one thing that um, about Akane's, uh, the way that she's drawn, yes, she is boob-heavy, but unlike a lot of the shows that we've watched recently, they make kind of one joke about it, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Other than talking about that she's gorgeous and that um, a lot of guys are envious of Seji because of their relationship, they don't make a lot of boob jokes, um, which was a great relief over <laughs> <laughs> the last few epi- episodes that we've watched of yeah. different shows. Yep. We already talked about Karori and uh, his face on the family <laughs> cat. Yes. Uh, as far as animation and, and character designs, I think that was a really clever uh, pretty hilarious choice. Oh, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed that. The music is unremarkable. Yeah. Not really anything noteworthy as far as the intro and outro music mm-hmm. or the score. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't really tell you much about it. It doesn't detract. Um, it doesn't make you feel like you're missing something because there is this series is very dialogue heavy. Um, there is a lot of action between all the different characters. And so there isn't a whole lot of quiet space for music to fill in. So that could be a loss, but I'm in so in love with the characters that I don't find myself missing the music very much. Uh, This show is also unique, as Kayla mentioned, that it's the first one we've rolled that is available both uh, subbed and dubbed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were able to watch this on Funimation as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the dub quality is pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I, I wouldn't say they brought out their maximum A team <laughs> for it, but um, good character choices and and like you said, it made it easier to follow, mm-hmm. um, especially in the first episode where everything was so fast paced. Yeah, uh, there were times when we had to pause and go back so that we could finish reading what was on the screen because they were just talking so fast we were kind of missing it. Yeah. (laughs) Any uh, closing general thoughts or likes and dislikes? Yeah, one of the things that um, kind of in contrast to some of the other shows that we've watched with this same sort of um, harem style is that this show doesn't put so much emphasis on that. Um, It's showing a lot of the normal relationships that they could have with one another instead of just focusing on who's going to sleep with who. Um, That doesn't come up at all. They actually never talk about sex at all, which is refreshing. So if they're going to have this, it's something that is more relatable um, in terms of like normal relationships. In fact, she mentions when she's uh, pairing couples together that Mm -hmm. The ultimate goal of the kiss note is to make people fall in love so that they get married one day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's with the intention of you guys have an actual future together, not just mm-hmm. that you're crazy about each other. Yeah. And that seems to carry through uh, theme wise through the whole show is there's you mentioned this before. One of the couples that we meet that are outside of the kiss note is a student and a teacher and Yuri offers to put them together in the kiss note. Yep. And the student refuses because she says she wants to fall in love naturally and she doesn't want to miss out on that. And she talks about, you know, I was going to I'm going to wait until after high school and he's not my teacher anymore. And then I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get this job and we're going to like we're going to be together. Not right now when it's inappropriate, but someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the teacher equally recognizes that he can't mm-hmm. uh, pursue this mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, but uh, asks her to wait, and mm-hmm. he does the same for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really nice, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're actually kind of showing, like, a balance between what are healthy relationships and unhealthy. Yeah. Also within their group. Right. Because Akane is obviously very unhealthy, like, attached to Seji because she's so obsessed with him and is very, very protective of him. Whereas Giri is just kind of like, oh, hey, Seji, you're cool. And like, I, I get this warm feeling when you're around. And then Yuzu is having this slow burn kind of growing affection, maybe. Um, Even just not hating him and becoming yeah. friends. Yes, yes. So it's kind of showing the different kinds of loves even in their group. Yeah. Um, and possibly even like the reconciliation of mm. Seji and his sister mm-hmm. or other family members mm-hmm. uh, throughout the show. All sorts of relationships. Yeah, yeah. They're showing definitely different kinds of love. And I think that's one thing that we haven't talked about is with Yuri, something that she says is that she's never experienced love and she doesn't know what that looks like. So part of her experience and wanting to be in this couple is her experiencing love. And so I think a lot of the show is kind of revealing the lessons that Yuri's being taught about love and how 
love looks in all its different forms. We did talk about how it's extremely fast paced um, Mm -hmm. and they kind of force the character introductions really early on to Mm -hmm. get the plot moving. Yeah. And then it goes back to what I would consider a normal pace and what we can expect from the rest of the show. Absolutely. In episode two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that detracted a little bit from my interest going straight into it uh, of just being so hard to digest, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because part of what happens in this show is that there's a rule set that's introduced from moment zero, Mm -hmm. uh, which is here's the kiss note. This is what it can do. Mm -hmm. And then they throw that idea out Mm -hmm. and immediately play fast and loose with the rules. Mm -hmm. It feels like they really don't have a handle (laughs) on what happens when somebody's in the kiss note mm-hmm. and what happens if they don't follow through with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that was at least not well explained. Sure. Um, possibly just if being in an anime form factor rather than the manga, but yeah. uh, that was one thing that did bother me. Yeah, sure. I think, I think they put a lot of stuff in the first episode because they wanted you to be introduced to the four main characters and kind of get a sense of them and understand this is the world that we live in and these are the rules that are going to come into play at some point. And they kind of get touched on a little bit through the next three episodes. Um, But I have a feeling that they'll probably come back more with future episodes. I think they missed their chance with the whole (laughs) Death Note parody. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really excited that that was kind of the premise for the show mm-hmm. and wanted to see what they did with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before, like you said, Seji mentioned, oh, I've seen this notebook before. Does mm-hmm. this do what I think it does? Mm-hmm. And they had this kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of reference back to Death Note. Mm-hmm. I would have really been stoked if they had never mentioned it. Sure. And it just, just like really showed subtle. the notebook and it had the same font <laughs> and you were just left to... Hey, I know what that thing is. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be told that this is a parody. Sure. Yeah, and that's something that you and I have talked about before on the show is that you are really not a fan of referential humor. Referential or meta. Or yeah. meta, right. And so um, I can understand why they would do it, uh, especially if nobody had, if somebody came into this show without having experienced Death Note, it would be like a, hey, We're referencing something, go check it out, kind of thing. Um, But for you as somebody that's seen it, it's like, yeah, I already know. (laughs) There are a few unknowns uh, so far. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the uh, pink-haired girl with the glasses who Mm -hmm. shows up towards the end and kind of kidnaps Seji. Yep. Uh, we know very little about her, mm-hmm. so I'd be interested to see what happens. Uh, Other than that, who she she's is. crazy. She's real crazy. Even uh, Akane thinks she's crazy, which... Yeah, she calls her a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is saying something, because she knows. She's she's even She's said, aware of her own mm-hmm. craziness towards Seji. Yeah, she talks about it. She's like, yeah, everyone knows I'm obsessed with Seji. Uh, we also haven't seen some compatibilities with certain characters. Yes. Uh, they introduced this um, app that mm-hmm. uh, the angels are able to pull up that kind of rates the characters and their compatibility. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the comparisons between a few characters, but we don't mm-hmm. 
we don't know some of the other unknowns, and uh, well, I'd be interested to see those. Mostly with Geary. Yeah. Geary hasn't put herself no, in she there. No, she hasn't been in those at all, mm-hmm. so that'd be interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this whole thing with the some of the humans having powers. Uh, yes. And we don't know if, if they have allegiance to angels or demons mm-hmm. or if their power comes from something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it even seems like Akane has powers because, man, she can pull a dagger out of... Like how many daggers does she just <laughs> does she just carry them around? Does she like create I them? I don't know, but she always has them. Mm-hmm. Would you watch any more of this? Definitively, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I was actually really sad when we got to episode four. You were, yeah. And I was like, oh, we have to stop, like, Kayla. You can't watch more before the before the <laughs> podcast. So uh, probably right after this, I'm gonna go and watch more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know what my night's going to be then. <laughs> so are you going to also watch this with me? Uh, I am going to introduce a new response okay. to this question that we always ask at the end of the episodes. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Uh, what I'm qualifying this as is if it were on, mm-hmm. on the TV, mm-hmm. and I were present in the room, <laughs> I would not complain or mm. like leave the room. But I would never really go out of my way to, like, mm-hmm. spend my time watching this. Okay, that's fair. I can appreciate that. So, since uh, you will probably <laughs> continue watching this, yes, um, I won't mind. Okay. I-, I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I think that's a good response. Especially because we know J. Michael Tatum is uh, is going to be a character in this show yeah. later on. So, that'll be funny. That's mostly what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know how he's going to be in there. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. Thank you to Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the random button, which produces wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week by watching the show that we're watching, we'll have links to the current title on our website and on our social media. We uh, recommend the bundling service called Verve at Mm VRV.co, which gives you access to Crunchyroll, Funimation, and a bunch of other great video services. Mm -hmm. We were able to watch both back and forth, uh, the sub and the dub version. Yeah, that was super helpful. It was really handy. Uh, Finally, thanks to C2A for your amazing music, uh, providing the intro and outro music, those come from the Simpai EPs, which are available on his Bandcamp uh, and other major streaming services. I'll have links in the show notes and on our website. Are you ready to roll? Let's do this. Let's randomize in three, two, one. Oh, hey. Uh, the series for this week is Monogatari. Uh, unfortunately, it's second season, so <laughs> I might put us back on first season just yeah, because that makes sense. It does. Uh, but yeah, that's our selection. Cool. And the first episode is Subasa Tiger Part 1. Which will change if we change seasons. but Which we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. This should be fun. Yay. All right. Thank you all. Uh, we've really enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next week.
Hello and welcome to the Annie Monday podcast. No. My name is Colin Hempel. <laughs> no. We can do that if we do a Mecca show. <laughs>